How come those lyrics never caught on? <laughs> Here's Felix Spinell, our resident historian, to talk about a partnership between the National Park Service and Amtrak, which has placed volunteer guides on some routes for many years, and now the local team for the Coast Starlight and the Empire Builder is ramping up and looking to recruit new members. So uh, you're going to tell us what it takes to join the ranks. So what is this group called? Well, it's called Trails and Rails, and this, you know, they're on the Coast Starlight and the Empire Builder between here in Portland and here and Glacier National Park. And they're on routes all around the country, other Amtrak routes, but this is the local group here. Have you ever run into these guys on the train? No, I have yeah. not. Yeah, I, I, it's been a few years since I have, but they're out there, and they were slow during the pandemic. But it's a great idea. It's a two-person team of knowledgeable guides. They're in the lounge car. They narrate a historical tour as a train makes its way down the tracks. They try to think of this as a national park on wheels, which is why the Park Service is involved. Now, a few days ago, I sat down with two Trails and Rails volunteers at the Klondike Gold Rush National Park in Pioneer Square. They're getting ready for an informational event for new potential volunteers on February 10th. We'll have more details about that in a moment. Now, Rob Carr loves Northwest history, and he's an articulate and affable guy who did outside sales before he retired. So when he's giving a tour, Rob isn't mumbling dull paragraphs into a bad PA system. He's usually up on his feet and doing what he calls working the train. First thing I do when I'm on the train is set the speakers up, and I go introduce myself to the people on the train. Where are you heading today? And it begins the conversation. So when we talk about, you know, we're going to talk about Mount Rainier, it usually starts with some folks down there from Iowa. You've probably never seen a, a, a volcano, have you? We haven't. Guess what? If we're lucky today, so the beauty of what we're doing is a lot of the stuff is interacting with the, with the customers on the train. And people ask me, what do you like about it the most? I've met people from all over the world. Now, trains are transportation, of course, and sometimes a passenger might not be interested in learning about who named Centralia or the origins of the Winlock egg. I, I can't understand I can't why. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's a head scratcher. Although that big egg does go by the window awfully fast. Now, um, with customer service in mind, Rob says he and the other guides are sensitive to the audience. They don't force anyone to participate. And they focus not on lecturing, but instead on engaging. Sometimes you look at the people and they're on their laptops and they're not really paying attention, so we leave them alone. It's up to us to engage them, go and say, now, Felix, you might be interested in learning about the Columbia River. You're, are you a fisherman? So the style is to be very conversational. Therefore, volunteers coming in can fit in a much easier thing than having to learn this thing rote. So I also talked to Jim Egan. He began volunteering back in 2011. He's now one of three coordinators who manage the program in Seattle, which sends volunteers to Portland and back on the Coast Starlight and to Glacier National Park and back on the Empire Builder. Now, new volunteers get two days of classroom training. They go on six training trips with other seasoned guides. And expectations are that a volunteer will do something like eight to ten trips a year between April and October. And you, you do get a green shirt and a badge, but you have to provide your own khaki pants. I want to make that really clear. And they have a well-written and organized route guide. It's, you know, about 100 pages long, which they've assembled. It's kind of a baseline for the tour. But it's not about memorizing lines, especially for new volunteers. We don't expect you to know that whole route guide. Uh, we expect you to know there's some basic, we, we call them uh, points of interest, POIs, that you, you know, you need to be versed in. And we also like people to, you know, do their own research. Uh, and then come, a lot of people come with some personal stories which are great that even makes it come more alive about you know your uh, ancestor farmed out here um, lots and lots of stories so that's cool you know jim mentioned the guys are encouraged to do research kind of make this thing their own rob carr does that he also actively solicits questions from passengers which can then lead to new information that he adds to the tour he was telling me about a pastor named george who asked where the name kaiser permanente came from since Rob was talking about the old Kaiser shipyards down near Vancouver, Washington, where they built Liberty ships during World War II. Now, Rob didn't know, but he told George he'd find out. So while Rob's tour partner took over the narration, um, Rob did some Googling. 
Kaiser's wife, lived near the uh, Permanente Creek down in California and said, that's a beautiful name. Why don't we add that so not confusing the, the medical service with the steel company and the aluminum thing? So that's where the name came from. The point of the story is, I went back and I said to George, and so now we know the rest of the story, and we wouldn't have known that if George hadn't asked me the question. So thank you, George, for asking that question. The George lit up like a Christmas tree. I'd buy anything from Rob Carr. He could sell me anything. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd get un, even like the undercoating on my car or whatever. Anyway, it's great. anyway, now Jim Egan says the tour guides, they don't just fill up the dead air the whole time the train's underway like we do on this show, right? They try to give the passengers a chance to think about what they've heard or to just look out the window and enjoy the scenery. We discourage the energizer bunny approach that you wind yourself up here at King Street Station and don't stop talking until the train's rolling into Portland. If that does happen, you'll see most people have left the car uh, or gone back to their laptops or fallen asleep. Now, I also spoke with Sierra Prochna. She's a marketing executive with Amtrak. She told me Amtrak loves this program, loves the volunteers, wants to see it expand. She's based in Washington, D.C., but she's been out here and traveled the route. She says the West Coast is one of her favorite uh, trails and rails parts of the country. And when she said that, I just felt emboldened to offer an unsolicited suggestion. And on a very personal note, there's part of the route where they go, you go past this big egg in the town of Winlock in southwest Washington. Felix, I, I wonder... that was my favorite part. That was my favorite part of that trip. <laughs> I talk about this all the time, it's seeing the world's largest egg. It's too close to the tracks. I think they need to get the city of Winlock to move it away from the tracks so because the, the passengers get to see it for about three seconds. Or if the train can maybe build a loop around it so the train could go around it a few times so people could really see it. I don't know if you guys are open to anything that, that radical, but I think it would be a popular move. It's just free, free suggestion for me. I have a very blurry picture on my phone of that egg. <laughs> I, think, I think you're not the only one. So the, the training session is coming up on Saturday, February 10th at 1 o'clock at the Klondike Gold Rush National Park. There's no advance registration required. You can go into SIN and learn about the information. Then they, they get underway in April with this program. It goes through October. It's just a really cool way to share your yeah. enthusiasm and passion. I could see you doing this, Dave, someday, well, yeah. personally. No, I, I don't think I'd be a volunteer. But I mean, I, if, you're, <laughs> if you're, like, alone on the train, here's a guy who has to talk to you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And you can have at least someone to, to help you pass the time. And as, for, as for your preoccupation with the egg. Uh, <laughs> it goes I, by so fast. Well, the, here's the thing. The trouble is there's only one of them. Just build a series of them. That makes it an even better tourist attraction. And there is a better chance you'll actually see the thing. More of a destination. Yeah, I think I like that. That could work. Right. I mean, who buys just one egg? <laughs> yeah, a, a dozen right. Winlock eggs. That's, a do okay. there should right. be at least a new egg. campaign's kind of taking shape here this morning, Dave. Okay. And, they, <laughs> and, and their local arena could be called the Egg Carton, and it would look just like a... Anyway, all of Felix's uh, features are at MyNorthwest.com. Some of his ideas are there, too. Colleen, what else?